Has your teen ever spent the morning in their bathroom sick and crying and begging not to go to school? Or maybe they just stayed in bed and said, nope, not going to happen. Or maybe you made it all the way to the school parking lot and then they wouldn't get out of the car. My son just walked out of the school one day on foot, five miles from home. You may have experienced one or all of these scenarios or something else altogether. But when your kid won't go to school or stay at school and it just keeps happening, you have a case of school refusal. This is Speaking of Teens, the podcast that helps parents struggling to find peace and connection with their teens. My name is Ann Coleman. I'm an attorney turned parent educator and a mom who's been there. And I'm on a mission to help you build a stronger relationship and decrease the conflict with your kid so you can help them grow into the young adult they're meant to be. Thank you for being here on our weekly bonus episode. If you're tuning in for the first time today, we do two episodes a week. Tuesdays are normally our longer, deeper dive into a single subject, and Friday's episode is usually a shorter quick tip or some news or research maybe. And today's episode is something I've mentioned in the newsletter a couple of times. Today, I want to bring you at least some of the episode I just recorded with Jane Dembski of schoolavoidance.org. Jane is super well-versed in all things school refusal, and I've never seen so many families dealing with this before. So no more waiting. Please enjoy this episode of Speaking of Teens. So I started School Avoidance Alliance in around 2014 as a result of my child's school avoidance. My son went through it for many years. I would say he was struggling severely for four years. And when he went through it, it started when he was, I don't know, like 13. Maybe that was like 2009. No one really heard of school avoidance. I mean, they kind of really have it now either, but it's kind of in the stream of consciousness these days, you know, post COVID, but back then no one had any freaking idea what it was Mm. and the schools had no idea how to handle it. So it was very isolating, scary and lonely. And in addition, the therapists, there are not enough good therapists out there. So they didn't know how to handle it or it took a long time to diagnose him, even though school avoidance is not a diagnosis, but to help him. And The school didn't get it, and there were so many roadblocks and twists and turns that it was just horrible. We eventually did get Matt back to school, and um, I am grateful every day because there were certain people along the way that I met who helped me, and without them, it would have been different. So like I had a psychologist, psychiatrist who defined it for me and was there back then he would text, he would text me. So to find a psychiatrist who texts you, that was just like, you know, how supportive is that? And that is something that parents need these days. They need support and to know that someone is on their side because without that, it's really scary. He helped me and figure out how to navigate. And I figured out how to navigate the school and get them to help. It took a long time and we eventually found the right school for him. He had to go out of, out of district, but He got back to school and he had his last two years that he enjoyed and he graduated high school, went on to college and he lives independently and has a life and makes a living. Oh, uh, 
the greatest news is he has his own health insurance. <gasps> Yay! So that, that is the greatest <laughs> gift. No kidding. From the universe. So yeah, so I started this in 2014. And what happened was when my son needed treatment, I don't know if you've heard of these, but there's a, a, a job out there that's called educational consultant. And those are people that specialized in helping families like ours who have kids who have issues and finding residential treatment center, inpatient, and also wilderness, mm -hmm. which I personally don't believe in. Yeah. And I didn't think that was right for my child, but I have heard people have success, but I don't think it's the right way to go for yeah. school avoidance per se. And what happened, they charged between five and $10,000 back then. I don't know what it is now. Oh yeah. And so I was just like, when Matt, when Matt gets better, I'm just going to get, I'm going to find, um, I'm going to research all the programs around the country and give that information for free. So that's how I started. I just vetted, it took me a year to vet all these programs and find out who was worthy and could handle it and specialize in school avoidance. And then I started giving it away and then oh. it grew from there. That's how yeah. it started. Wow. Well, and our stories are similar. You know, when your kid is in pain and you see that there's no remedy for it and that people don't understand it, it does. It makes you want to go out and educate the world, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah, and it's really, it's really scary. And especially if you can't talk to friends and family about it, which with yeah. school avoidance, it's people don't understand it. And I often say that like we have a friend and I would try to explain what was going on back in the day when my son was struggling and they would say, you know, you're too lenient. You're a pushover. Send that kid to my house and I will, I'll get him back oh, to school. Oh yeah. You know, send him to my house. So it really is so misunderstood. Yeah. So that's and and really people scary. still don't get it. I mean, there's some, I mean, yeah. unless you've gone through it with a child, you don't get it. You don't see it. So you're just like, oh, well, they're just faking it or they're, they just want to play hooky. It is. Yeah. Or whatever. What, what did you find? Like, well, first of all, I guess maybe we should define school avoidance and, or school, yeah. um, uh, not just avoidance, but what do they call it too? It's school refusal. Oh, school, school refusal. Avoided. They're the so, same. Okay. Yeah. All right. And and so, I mean, all, does it, is it like defined as so many days that they've tried to avoid it or anything like that? How technical you know do what? you get? There is a technical definition and I think it's like 10%, missing 10% of school for, in oh, really? two weeks. Ah. But it really doesn't matter the technicality because yeah. you know whether, you know, it meets those requirements or doesn't. Yeah. So it's when a kid has severe emotional discomfort uh, and distress about going to school. And what happens is what a parent might see is when they walk into their bedroom in the morning, the child might be crying, hiding under their covers. They might be tantruming. They might be holding on to their bedpost yeah. or door. I don't know if there's a bedpost anymore, but yeah. the bed, like for, for dear life, yeah. um, like feeling like they're going to die. You know, yeah. it's so scary. It's like so out of the realm that you ever experienced to see your child, how fearful they are. Yeah. It's, it's really distressful. And um, it could stop, um, start a few days here and there and then grow gradually. Um, with my son, he did have signs early on that I missed. Mm. Um, so I will share that with you. So I really think that I'm a, uh, educated human being and I've been in therapy in my life, my family. I know all about 
therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy and everything. I really believe in it and blah, blah, blah. So when my son started showing signs, I didn't know it was anxiety because anxiety really presents differently in kids. Yeah. When he was like in first grade, he would start having tantrums running around circles um, in the room because he couldn't do his homework. And like, he couldn't even like articulate what was going on, but it was really scary. It was almost like, does he have like, you know, multiple personalities? Yeah. yeah. This, what is it? It didn't seem right to me. Right. Until later, my aunt, who's a social worker, said, hey, that's anxiety. Yes. And I'm like, well, why does, why don't they tell us that yeah. in any of the books? You <laughs> exactly. Know, why is it sweaty palms and deep breathing? Right. You know, so it really presents in different ways. And so I didn't know it was anxiety until I found out. And then mm-hmm. the doctors did um, tell us that it was that. And um, what else was I saying? Oh, about well, um, Tamara was saying. Well, so it, well, let me ask you this. I mean, is it oh, yeah. because my son had the same thing? He had anxiety. He had it from okay. the time he was an infant. And so, really? it, oh, yes. Looking back. Yes. And by the time he was two, when he could speak, he was, he was, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. What's wrong, honey? Tummy throat. Tummy throat. That's horrible. Oh, and it, it was absolutely that horrible. And we had no idea either. So, but then teenagers, you know, by the time, and most of my, my my listeners, you know, are parents of teens or tweens. And by the time they're this age, the anxiety a lot of times shows up as anger and, and, you know, the anxiety is, is anger. And my son would rage. He had absolute fits of rage. So rather than a, a little kid tantrum, now they're tantrums where they're, you know, putting fists through the walls and that kind That's of thing. That's scary. And it's very I hear scary. that from parents that we yeah. speak to that that happens a lot. Yes. And so is this, so is anxiety the only, I mean, we, no, so yeah. So what are, one. what are the reasons for this? And is school avoidance, school avoidance, you said is not a diagnosis. So it's really just what a symptom of it's what's symptom. going on okay yes, so tell right. us about that so common issues are you know general anxieties disorder social anxiety is a big one also depression mm-hmm. and um, that is a big one uh, the research shows that almost 50 percent of kids with school avoidance have expressed dis- depression and or anxiety and sometimes the anxiety will cause a depression and the school avoidance obviously will call it de- cause of depression because it's like they feel so inadequate what's going on with me why can't I handle life but also it can be having a learning difference that is undiagnosed because you you feel like what the hell is wrong with me why can't I keep up with my peers they don't get it I don't get it what is wrong with me or a diagnosed learning difference that is not handled correctly with the appropriate accommodations and modifications that are, those are the main reasons, but also obviously, you know, bullying. We hear like, you know, the transitional grades are obviously the worst, you know, transitioning from elementary to middle and middle to high school. Middle school just seems like a tornado of hell. Yeah. Um, You know, for school avoidance and every other Everything else. It's just (laughs) hell, period. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The schools have uh, corroborated that with me. They say, you have no idea. Yeah, yeah. But I do from seeing it on my end. Mm -hmm. Um, And so those are the main issues. But also, like, you know, military kids often have it because, again, they're transitioning and moving from (sighs) different school to school. But then the research also shows what's very interesting is most people feel that school avoidance is caused by the parents, you know, that the parents aren't doing something right. Mm-hmm. And then it's a problem at home. There's no research shows that it, um, these families are dysfunctional. Yeah. 
And also the research shows that actually school-related factors are more prevalent in causing school avoidance than parental factors. Ah. So that really surprises people. And also same thing, peer-related factors are much less as well. Hey, it's Anne again. I hate to pause the episode here, but we simply couldn't get the entire thing edited and out by today. However, we will have the rest of my interview with Jane on Tuesday's episode, so please follow the show in your app and it will magically appear in your queue Tuesday morning. But I do have the links right where you're listening to Jane's website, her fabulous masterclass with the top experts in this issue, which includes a peer-to-peer support group, by the way. Um, She also has an educator professional development um, course and a private Facebook group and a free guide for families to help you work with your child's school on this issue and all kinds of other resources. So you can find those right in your app where you're listening. Okay, that's it for Speaking of Teens today. The link for all of our free parenting guides are in the description where you're listening, and at least a couple of these may be of particular value if you're experiencing school refusal. The one entitled Your Teen and Anxiety and another Helping Teens with Negative Thoughts. You can also come join us in the Speaking of Teens Facebook group. The link is right there at the very bottom of the show description in your app. And thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. And I would be ever so grateful if you would take a minute to rate the show and leave a review in Apple Podcasts or in Spotify. It helps get guests and it makes my heart sing, which is better than my mouth singing. Trust me. The producer and editor for Speaking of Teens is my tall, handsome, golf-loving husband, Steve Coleman, and all the research, writing, and hosting is done by me, Ann Coleman. Bye for now.